Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Fandom Talk. Hope you all have had a wonderful, wonderful week whenever you are listening to this. And I hope that your night is about to get even better as you are listening to one of the best segments on Fandom Talk, Ooh. which is the Star Wars EU or EU review. Ooh. For those of you who are new to the channel and new to the segment, the EU or EU review is where we talk about the different kind of aspects of Star Wars, such as the books, the comics, the video games, basically anything that isn't one of the main movies or main shows. Um, really just kind of want to, we want to dive in deep into old canon, new canon, in the middle canon. Uh, red, uh, red canon, <laughs> blue canon. <laughs> one canon, two canon, red canon, blue canon. Yeah. Um, Oh goodness, yeah, we're this the this opening's off to a train wreck. But anyways, you already know my wonderful dulcet tones as Jacob Vance Hardesty, the EIC of this group. I have with me the constant, constant wonderful co-host of the Star Wars EU review, Mr. Al Manley, the Red Lanyard. Al, how you doing tonight, man? Hi everyone, that's me. Um, I'm doing pretty good, man. Ready to talk about some Star Wars. Ready to talk about this particular Star Wars project uh, because I think it shows just how much we love doing the show and how much we love interacting with all of you out there. Uh, because boy, it's been a good, I mean, fantastic year for video games. And mm -hmm. here is what we spent <laughs> some of the year playing. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny you you mentioned that because I literally like. I won't say literally, because I know that it does get overused. However, um, I very figuratively had to tear myself off of Baldur's Gate 3 to play this game. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I definitely I definitely get that. And you are correct. There are a lot of great video games out there. But instead, we're playing this little, this little ditty from 2005, um, which isn't bad. But we're going to get into it. Um, we're going to jump right in. <laughs> Yes, yeah, we're going to jump right in. Um, the main segment of this is going to be a little bit shorter, just because this game itself is short. Um, the average runtime on um, on YouTube, just because I was looking up, I was like, did I go fast? Like, in this, was I like Sonic? Did I go fast? Are you secretly the greatest Republic Commando player in the world? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um, so, But I had to look it up. And the average like walkthrough runtime on YouTube is around four and a half to five hours. Um, it is it is very short. It is a very short game. It's shorter than Force Unleashed, uh, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, Force Unleashed was also very short. Um, eventually, we're gonna, we're going to cover like we're going to have to cover one of the Knights of the Old Republic games, man. Just to just to really dive into like a like a 40 to 60 hour <laughs> game and really try to try to cram that in the, into a two hour podcast. Yeah, um, it's, at some point in the future, we're going to get on the remake of OTOR one and like, it'll just be just like three episodes worth of yeah. content and it'll be incredible. But as of right now, <laughs> we're not quite there yet. True. True. Um, yeah, so for those of you who do not know a whole lot about this game... Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention this. Um, afterwards, we do have a few 
fan questions and a few things to discuss. So there will be some more Star Wars content coming afterwards. Um, we're we we're, we're going to try to try to try to fill up the episodes best we can. Um, There's always more Star Wars. There is always more Star Wars. That's the thing. There's going to be more Star Wars next month and, and the month oh, after that, even. Oh, there's um, always Star Wars in the banana sand. What? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving forward. Um, I'm just going to drop those, that for anyone who gets it. For those of you who do not know a whole lot about this game or have never even heard of Republic Commando... Um, Star Wars Republic Commando originally came out for the Xbox exclusively um, and PC, I think, as well um, in early 2005. And I remember the two biggest things about it were, one, it was going to have the first video game version of Kashyyyk, which a lot of people were like, oh, man, we're yeah. finally going to we're finally going to see it. OK, we're finally going to be and be able to. Really, just dive right in into Kashyyyk, okay? Hey, hanging out with the Wookiees, I can already taste it. Yeah, man. Um, or or Kashik, as they say, um, which I don't know why there's such a different pronunciation between certain games and shows and the movies, which very clearly say Kashyyyk. Um, yeah, but, I don't know either. But one thing I do know is that um, this game's pronunciation is wrong. That is not how you say that word. <laughs> That's fair. You, you are right. Um, but, um, but no, that was the big thing. Because I remember that was on the back of the box. Was it had certain material from Revenge of the Sith. Because this came out a couple months before the third movie. Um, and as we will get into, the finale of this actually leads directly into the third movie. Or kind of. Um, but uh, that's, for, that's for you to find out later. Um Al, what are your had, – had you played this before? Had you heard about this game before? Um, so I have not played this game before, and I do want to use that as kind of a preface to um, everything else I'm going to um, say about this game. Mm. Uh, just because I get that, um, you know, the experience I've had with this game is not the same experience that I would wager a majority of people who love this game have had. Um, this game was not a part of my childhood. Um, I never had an Xbox. Um, I never had an Xbox One, either version of it, either version of the Xbox One. Um, I never had it. Um, so I missed out on this game. Um, I watched my good friend, Philip Lambert, shout out to Phil. I know he listens to the show. Um, but, um, yeah, my first or second year in college, I remember walking into my friend Phil's room, and he was playing through a part of it, and I watched him play it for, like, um, a few minutes or so before we left and got lunch. So that's about all I've had with it. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's really all I've experienced with it. Um, I know that uh, this game means a lot to people because it was a part of their childhood. I, like, totally understand that. I have that with a lot of other games so like i totally get that i'm coming at it without the context of of a lot of nostalgia and really good memories about the game and so i get that but um 
but I just have to kind of work with what I got. And what I got is I played this game for the first time on my PlayStation 5 at the age of 29. Um, and I just kind of went through the game. And that was just kind of my experience with it. So that's where I'm at um, on this game. Um, how about you, Jacob? So this this game is really funny to me because I have wanted to play this game for years, Al, because like you, like you, I also did not have an Xbox. Um, when we got a 360, I remember distinctly, um, to, as a shout out to another good friend of ours for the podcast, uh, I borrowed this game from our good friend, Nathan Lewis. Oh boy, Nathan. Nathan. Um, and for some reason it would, it was one of the few games that would not play on the 360. Don't ask me why. It's it was a weird thing for a while and and I think yeah. if you didn't update like it could but bottom line is I could not play it and I was devastated mm-hmm. um, because I remember when this thing was did come out and everyone kept saying they were like yeah you control your squad and 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 you really have to learn how to work together with them to really beat uh, the levels and it's really difficult but it's also really cool and I kept hearing really great things about it. Um, I had never played it until finally it was ported to PS4 and, um, uh, well, and PS5 and uh, Nintendo Switch back in 2021, maybe, I think? Yes, 2021. Gotcha, okay. Um, And I never got around to beating it because I played it for a little bit and I was like, I just don't. Two things. One, I was like, I don't really like this as much as I thought I would, but also... um, the game is brutally difficult. Um, yeah, it's very and, challenging. It, it is very challenging. Um, and we're going to talk about why here in just a little bit. Um, because I'm about to ask you a very important question um, about it. But uh, but yeah, that was my uh, always wanting to play it. And then kind of, like you said, being a little let down and just kind of going through the motions of playing it. Um, but like you said... I don't want to I don't want to crap on this game the entire time because there are some really there are some really good moments that, that I did that I did like. There are some there are some mechanics I enjoyed. Um but it it is very clearly a 2005 game that I did not have nostalgia for the way that other people have. Prime example, if we ever do a podcast covering X2 Wolverine's Revenge. Um, I'll fight anyone who says that's not the greatest uh, game of all time. So, you know, we all have those moments. Um, we all have those those games in our past that are way better than what we then or are way worse than what we think they are. But that's OK. Um, but um, but no, starting out, Al, I was curious um, because I remember on the back of the box when I first borrowed this game, it said your squad is your weapon. Um, that was the tagline for this game. Um, was your squad your weapon in this, Al? The squad was the greatest weapon of all. The real, <laughs> the, the real weapon was the squad I made along the way. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Like, so the whole idea behind it is that you are a Republic commando, and in lore, um. Because, of course, this is a Star Wars thing, so there's obviously some kind of lore inserted into the overall thing. Um, so you're playing as this Republic Commando, 
who in, um, at least in the old canon, um, I don't know how much Republican Mandos have have really come up in the new canon, but uh, in the old canon, at least, uh, Republican Mandos were versions of the clone of Jango Fett crafted by the clone engineers on Amino to have uh, just kind of a combination of like of higher capacities or higher um, skill ratios um, essentially for either specialized tasks or just like um, greater general overall performance as compared to um, the run-of-the-mill kind of clone trooper. So that's why you got this squad where um, you are playing, you are kind of the leader of the squad. Um, you give the squad commands for uh, different uh, teammates to tend to different tasks um, as the action goes through. And then you have um, Scorch, whose whole thing is that he, like, he's really good at, um, at blowing things up. You have Hixer, who's like a hacker and does a lot of like technology-based stuff. Um, and then you have um, Sev, whose primary role um, in the story is that he's a sniper. Um, he just loves killing people. Um, there isn't anything else in this world that gives him more joy than seeing the life leave uh, um, an enemy body. Um, and if this sounds a lot like Bad Batch, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. <laughs> because it kind of seems like Bad Batch has kind of taken over the role in um, the new canon that a Republican Mando's kind of served um, in the old canon as far as them having um, enhanced abilities, um, their um, clone engineering um, differing from the typical clone trooper, um, and them basically having the assignment of taking on tasks and missions that called for um, just generally greater skill and capacity for success than um, other battalions of clones would. So that's kind of the idea. Um, and like, I'll tell you what, man, I really think that this is a game that was very much ahead of its time as far as the concepts that it tried to employ. Um, I love the idea of being in an FPS, having a squad and really having to rely on that squad for success. I think that's a really cool idea. I think that makes a lot of sense for the context of being in the Clone Wars. And I think on paper, this idea is a home run. I think it has a lot of potential. Um, it came out at a time, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it came out at a time where the experience I had with it, and of course, um, this is the port for on um, the modern consoles, the experience I had with it left me feeling like the first-person shooter mechanics didn't feel great. Um, as somebody who goes back and plays that era of games a lot, uh, those uh, PlayStation 2 era um, original Xbox era is kind of my comfort zone of games that I often go back to. Um, the first-person shooter mechanics did not feel great, and the squad-based uh, mechanics felt very underdeveloped compared to what they should have been to make the idea work. So as a result, you have this idea that was really cool and got me really excited to try it, but the execution probably attributed to when it came out and just the amount of, of detail and polish available to the industry at the time just wasn't there to really 
executed very well, if that makes sense. So and you end up feeling handicapped as far as the FPS mechanics go. And then the AI of your squad mates um, just kind of flying the spectrum of being really effective and doing everything you ask them to, to just being like absolute hindrances and just hamstringing your efforts to kill even the simplest like B1 battle droid. So, um, and that inconsistency just kind of causes kind of a disconnect uh, for people who are picking up this game for the first time. Yeah, you, it sounds like you and I had very similar thoughts on the, on the, um, the squad mechanics. Um, because like my, my, my immediate thought as I was playing in this is I was like, man, this game would be really cool today. Um, and, and like, if, if it had updated, not, not even, I don't even care about the graphics, but like updated AI to where your squad was able to do certain things without you holding their hand the entire time, basically, um, I'd be, I'd be way more into this game and way more into the mm -hmm. ideas of it. Um, if, and for the record, that may have just been me being bad at the game. I'm not, I'm not taking that for granted, but let me tell you, um, Sev the sniper is also apparently really proficient in hand-to-hand -hand combat with a super battle droid. Um, <laughs> yeah, he is. I, I was unaware of that. Um, and, but by proficient, I mean, he run, he just runs up to them and just lets them smack him in the face. He just um, loves killing people, man. He, he does. He cannot um, be contained. Because there, there was nothing funnier than having my sniper rifle equipped, double tapping on X to target a single super battle droid. Because that's the, the, that's the. Let me tell you, before I figured out how to do that, they were sponges. I, I had no idea how to take those things down. Mm. Um, because the game doesn't tell you that that you can focus fire. Um, but once I did, I would do that. But then all of a sudden, I would just see this red and white blur. Running up to the super battle droid, I was trying to shoot um, instead of shooting it with me. You know, it's just Sev, man. He this entire game, there there was a point where he got stuck in a rock, and I just kind of let it. I just kind of let it happen. I was like, he's fine there. Like we'll be <laughs> me, me, Scorch and Fixer can take this. You know, we'll we'll be fine. It's um, weird. I I experienced the exact same glitch with um, Sev. He got <laughs> stuck on some of the environment like two or three times it was just there until yeah. i got to the next checkpoint <laughs> yeah and so i uh there there's there's one area in the entire game where you had to collect your entire squad before you progress and i had to restart it and just i remember i had to walk twice actually so on the third time i walked around the damn rock that apparently was was just was secretly a mimic and was just grabbing him. Um, <laughs> and I, I made sure to hit form up on the other side of the rig. So he would walk around it. And sure enough, it, it worked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was that, that was my main thing with it. Is that it just... A lot, like you said, I think if it had more polish or if it was made later. When they were really... Because the game is ahead of its time. There's no way around it. Um but yeah, it just yeah, Sev, man, just a, cu a couple of those moments, I was just like, God, um, <laughs> it's, 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 it's like foreshadowing, apparently. 
Um, I guess, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It's there's a point where, um, and I don't know if if we're going to into this eventually or not, but there's a point where um, where I got very frustrated with how the game was kind of structured in that um, you get introduced to these characters and the game tells you like, oh, this is Scorch. He's really good at blowing stuff up. And this is Sev. He's really good at like shooting people from far away. Um, and this is Hixer. Like he does hacking stuff. And, um, and then I would play the game and they all seemed like basically identical. Yeah. Um, because um, the way the squad commands work for people who haven't played this is you just, there are parts of the environment that are interactable and you can issue a command, which uh, commands are kind of locked to the type of environment it is anyway. But you can issue a command to one of your squad mates. So if there's like um, some cover in a hallway, then you can... Uh, target that environment and hit X and it sends one of your squad mates to that part to use their s- 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 hyper rifle. And there's um, environments where like you can hack into a computer to either close or open a door or to take over an auto turret or something like that. Uh, then you can hit X and send a squad mate. So I was really confused because it takes just as long to execute a command or um, any squad mate is just as capable at any of the commands as the other ones are. So I was kind of confused as to why they even specified these like specialties that the characters have, because I would have expected like, oh, that console needs to be hacked. I should send um, the guy who hacks stuff because I bet he'll be able to do it faster than everyone else. And he wasn't. And so I was just kind of like, well, are you sure you're really good at hacking things? Because <laughs> I can do it just as fast as you can. <laughs> and so that was, I don't know, that part was just kind of weird to me because story-wise, they went out of their way to explain what every commando was really, really skilled at. But in the gameplay, everybody was basically the same character as far as their proficiencies went. And I thought that was kind of a weird opportunity to miss if you're going to put so much emphasis on it anyway. Um, I don't know if you had um, the same kind of experience, but I thought it was kind of weird. I I definitely did the first time I played through it because, so my first, like, real experience with the Republic Commandos as with most most EU stuff, honestly, was with the Star Wars miniatures game. Um, yeah, and what's <laughs> interesting is, is that in in those, if you have a squad of all four public commandos, they all four do something different. Um, like I think I think the only and the only one that's really kind of that they were just kind of like tossing something in there for the game is that if you have the boss, which is the one you're playing as, mm. uh, I think. They all cost less to like have them in your squad or something like that. I can't, I can't remember exactly what it is, but yeah, like gotcha. Sev was the one that had the most damage because he was the sniper. Fixer could open and close doors from far away, um, and Scorch had the hand grenades, which did a lot of like uh, area of effect damage. And I was like, these, this is really cool. But like you said, whenever you start playing the game, not only is it 
not only is it to me very restrictive into how you can use them, but also it doesn't really seem as effective to send them in certain areas. Um, I can't tell you how many times I had score sniping while Sev was was sending a detonation charge on a door or something, <laughs> which it happened more often than you would think. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I just uh, the only thing that really made it different really made it different is that for me at least like their chatter did kind of make things different which i know i know i feel like some someone out there would be would be upset like why don't they all the same voice if they're all supposed to be clones of django and i'm like okay but one the bad batch doesn't all have the same voice and two it kind of makes sense to let them all have a different kind of style like scorch mm-hmm. is very you know kind of wacky and kind of lackadaisical he's kind of got the comedian of the group and you know fixer is very much kind of the the standard kind of clone trooper kind of thing and then sev is is basically a psychopath and just wants to murder everything um he loves killing he does he does (laughs) um but yeah no you're you're absolutely correct because i i think that's one of the things that would have made this game better which is once again I, i understand you know, it's a few years ahead of, of ahead of where of when you will be able to do this. But if you could look at a at a like say a command post or or however you want to word what those actions are uh, in the environment, and you could say who you want to send there or how you or what you want them to do there, because mm-hmm. there there were a couple times where it was like um, uh, during the second area the, during i guess act two because it, it's not mm-hmm. really a second level because every level has like multiple levels within itself mm-hmm. um but during the second act there was a point where they were like we're sneaking up on some trandoshans you know let's uh, be uh, be quiet or, or something someone like that you know let, let's make sure you know stay stay quiet and then the next thing i know is they're just they're throwing grenades and they're blasting shit everyone is <laughs> like, okay so are we doing stealth or not? Like, <laughs> what, are, what are we doing here? Um, yes, it was a very, it was a very interesting design choice to have the default command be um, aggressively search and destroy yeah. instead yeah. of like follow me. Nope. Like that was in incredible of a choice <laughs> because throughout <laughs> the game i would just be like i'd be playing and stuff and i'd be like heading over here to see if there was some ammo or if there was a back to tank or something um, to heal up and just down on the other side of the hall i would just be getting like notifications on screen of just being like sev down like scorch down fixer critical health and i'm just like guys where are you going? <laughs> Where are we, what are we doing? <laughs> what is happening? And I'd look down and I'd see, oh, yeah, I guess the game got bored and decided to override the last time I said, everybody follow me and yeah. put it back to search and destroy. <laughs> um, which, like, by the second area of the game, I was just like, I very rarely want these guys to do search and destroy. <laughs> like I want them to do anything else than search and destroy because it never goes well for them. No, and, and to to emphasize the point, I hit a loading screen, and um, a little like hint popped up on the screen, and those go by very fast because I think um, those were not 
um, designed with like <laughs> PlayStation Five capabilities to load yeah. games. But um, I did catch one that was just like, "Don't forget, search and destroy is their favorite command." And I'm just like, "No wonder so many clones have died in the Clone Wars." <laughs> 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 no wonder the casualties are just skyrocketing by the hour. <laughs> if that is your favorite laughter fire. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um yeah, there was even a part and like I don't want to over harp on this point, but like from a design perspective, it just seems so strange to me. Is that um at the end of the first area at the Battle of Genosis. Um, there's a console you have to hack to get like um, separatist like secret plans or codes or whatever and the console to hack took a solid 60 seconds to complete the hack yeah which like anybody who like plays video games knows that like 60 seconds in game is like an eternity it's like the last like three it's of an NBA game. Like yeah. it, it goes on forever. And so and so it's so weird to me that they have this time-based thing, which by the way, the end of that area is time-based as well, because the ship you're on is exploding. So you so I got to a point where I kind of soft-locked uh, myself because I was exploring the map too much. And uh, before I realized what was happening, I had like five hallways to go still. And the PA system on the ship uh, was just like, we are two <laughs> and it's away from self-destructing. And I was just like, what the, since when has that been a, a mechanic? <laughs> I didn't know that was a condition of this game. And so um, I kind of had to like reload to like a way earlier checkpoint and just kind of speed run from there. But for that console command, since it was taking so long to do, it was so weird to me that the game would choose to not reward you for paying attention to the story and the characters to be like, hey, I'm going to intentionally send Fixer to go hack this console. And as a result, he's going to hack it in like half the amount of time. Like yeah. it'll still be a challenge because it'll still be sending a bunch of droids at you. But like, since you paid attention to who does what, then you get a little reward and it will go by a bit faster. And instead it was just like, yeah, sure, you can send the hacker if you want to. It's going to take just as long. Yeah. And like, it was just it was just so weird. It's such a confusing decision to make. Hmm. Yeah, I uh yeah, I don't like you said I don't really want to harp on it, but I de I definitely agree. This this game was not meant to be played in 2023, you know. It just it just wasn't. Um <laughs> And and also once again, it just coming off of the other games that we've been playing this year and the other games that have come out this year, it is, it is not, it doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, but it's rough. I went from playing um, the very updated, very improved version of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven <laughs> to playing Republic Commando. <laughs> so yeah, it was yeah. a rough transition. That I, I bet, I bet. Um. So it's it's weird, and because there's not much of a story here, um, but there kind of is. And I, just before we get into the story, I think that's fine. 
I don't really yeah. think this is a setting that like needs to have a really intense story or anything. But um, as we'll get into, it's more where the story goes that's confusing. Yeah. I think the amount of story there is like fine. Um, but yeah, as we were saying. Well, because so so it starts on Geonosis, um, and after after a kind of a weird se- uh, sequence on Camino, which I kind of figured was going to be our tutorial, but then there's just like no, it's to no, it's just kind of an awkward cut scene where you know it's it shows you that you are basically a drone of many, and uh, it's kind of awkward, and uh, <laughs> yeah, um, and then it it cuts. To, to Geonosis, am, am I wrong? <laughs> I'll be ready to watch a lot of your twins die. Yeah, anyway. exactly. <laughs> um, but then it cuts to Geonosis, and um, that kind of becomes your tutorial. And from there, I expected the game just to be like, oh, okay, each level is just going to be just a different, like a different battle or a different story of the clone wars and then we'll we'll end on kashik because i knew kashik was coming and then we'll then we'll call it good um and just yay there there's there's republic commando um <laughs> that'll be christmas jimmy yeah exactly <laughs> um instead you get kind of this kind of like a weird subplot where it addresses the the trandoshans and the wookies and they're kind of fight with each other basically with the Trandoshans being slavers and the Wookiees sure. that's kind of chilling. Sure. Uh, a tale of Zoda's time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and but that's it doesn't it focuses on it just enough to make to make it be like, oh okay, so that's kind of what we're doing. Like it doesn't really go into anything and nothing really comes of it. Um Al, what were your thoughts on that kind of story I don't even want to say story turn. Is this kind of a? It was really unexpected to me. So, what, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, um, I mean, going into it, one of the main concerns I had was, um, you know, this is a game about the Clone Wars, obviously. Um, I'm uh, when I play games, I am very much interested in how combat is going to to change um, over time as you spend time with the game. Um, I'm really interested in, like, different types of enemies, kind of, like, um, challenging the way you fight and forcing you to adapt. So one of the concerns I had going into this was uh, just kind of like, okay, they're going to throw, like, three, possibly four kinds of droids at me. Like, um, I feel like that'll get kind of old after a while, but, like, they might do something else. I don't know. And so um, I'll be completely honest. When we get to stage two or chapter two or however you like to call it, um, I was like pleasantly surprised at first by the turn the story took because mm-hmm. I had a similar kind of thought of you. I was just like, okay, we're going to start on Geonosis. Like uh, perhaps we all like have a, a stage that is the battle on um, – on my Gito or something and just kind of do a tour of Clone Wars battles. That'd be, that'd be cool. Um, and then it was just like, Hey man, we found an abandoned Republic starship 
and like something really weird is going on and we don't know and like it's kind of spooky and i was just like oh hell yeah this is awesome (laughs) this is great sweet like it's like a horror story and like like the clone wars this is great and so i was really into it um and then it turned out to just be trade oceans and i was just like oh okay (laughs) sure um but um yeah so like all that to say, I kind of appreciated their attempt to just be like, well, here you go. Like, it, it won't just be droids. Like, there's always, here's a bunch of Trandoshans you can fight. There's going to be t- t- different kind of subtypes of Trandoshans you can fight. And that'll, like, spice things up a bit. Um, and it did. Um, the Trandoshans, due to, like, the style of game that it is, um, you still ended up just kind of hiding the Trandoshans the same way you fought the droids anyway. Mm. Um, if there was, like, a really large Trandoshan, then, like, you focus fire with your squad, and the rest of them you can just kind of shoot. Like, it wasn't, like, that huge of a change. But, um, yeah, as far as the story, um, it was just kind of like, okay. Like, I read a good amount of Star Wars stuff, like, I get what's going on with the Wookiees and Trandoshans. Like, I get it. <laughs> like, I know what they're about. That's fine. Um, but, yeah, it it kind of failed from, uh, from my perspective, at least, as far as the story goes, that it kind of lacked a central enemy. It lacked, like, a bad guy. And, like, I know the argument there is that, like, well, you're playing a bunch of soldiers and it's a war, so the bad guy is just, you know, the enemy. Uh yeah. That's not that's not a propagandized sentence at all. But um, you know, um, the bad guy is is just like you know, um, the body of people who are aligned against you. Um, but at the same time, it was just kind of like, okay, I'm shooting a bunch of droids. I get it. I'm killing these Trandoshans now because they're with the droids and they're against our allies. I'm in the Wookies, and it's just kind of like. Okay, I don't know if this is like a subtle commentary on war and how like arbitrary and <laughs> and like futile uh, dynamics of war feel for soldiers, but like <laughs> if that's what it is, then like I guess I'm pretty impressed. But I feel like it's just kind of like here's a bunch of de- here's a bunch of enemies you can shoot. <laughs> like, I feel yeah. like that that overall was kind of the point. So, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I thought it was fine. I wasn't really expecting any kind of, like, big epic story or anything, um, as I said before. But, like, you know, um, at the same time, there really isn't anything, like, super impressive to praise there um, at the same time, if you know what I mean. So. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I was just kind of, I was kind of curious just your thoughts on it just because it is because it is a turn because because I was like you that the first part of chapter two I was like oh this is are we getting like a are we gonna get like a like a horror story like crossover yeah. real quick like this weird like and, and and of course I'm like okay it's the it's the era of Halo like are we going yeah. to the the Star Wars equivalent of the flood absolutely that, lost to the eu um yeah i mean if that were if that were to come out right now then like um it'd probably you like the drink gear 
from the High Republic, yeah, like exactly, exactly, that kind of thing. But I just, but then it just kind of it shifted to just you know just trend oceans. <laughs> no, it's just these, it's just these wild, this wildly evil race of aliens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just trying to hunt and skin things. You know, just uh, uh, okay, uh, all right, we. We don't invite them to the barbecues anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They 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 make things crazy. really weird. They they um, always they always say something off putting at Thanksgiving. We just don't invite <laughs> them. <anymore. laughs> it's a while. I don't th- like the only thing I can really compare it to. There could be something in Star Trek. I just don't know anything about Star Trek. But the only thing I know to compare it to is like of Batarians in like the Mass Effect games as far as like hey this is an alien race that just like sucks this like nobody likes these people yeah they're objectively evil the main thing they're known for is hunting and enslaving other sentient species yeah. <laughs> like you're not supposed to like these guys it's just so in your face with it they are not good people <laughs> leave them be <laughs> Um, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, trend oceans, man. They're just, bah. boss is the only good one. Am I right? Well, I mean, again, to talk about the high Republic, I like skier. Like I do like skier. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe. He's super cool. Maybe, he, maybe you and I just really want to read more of the high Republic now. Maybe, maybe that's what yeah, I, mean. I mean. Hey everybody, if you're into like cool star Wars stuff on uh, the high Republic comics, like, uh, there's a Jedi master named Skier who's a Trandoshan, and he like he loses an arm, and it's just like, ha! It's a good thing I have the other one to hold my lightsaber. Like he's real, he's really cool. <laughs> he's awesome. Oh goodness. Um. All right. Um. I really don't have anything else to really say about this game. Um. Okay. Um. Well, so. Here's the thing. I don't know because I haven't read any of them yet. I own a lot of them. Um, I just haven't read any of them yet because there's um, a lot of books out there to read. But, um, Jacob, have you read any of, like, the uh, Republic Commando, like, novels? I haven't, but Mm -hmm. I'm kind of intrigued to now after playing this. Right, yeah, so... That's kind of where I'm at as well, because um, as I said, you know, there's not a uh, there's not really like a super chunky story happening here in this game. Mm. But um, I know these characters are really beloved by um, a fair amount of, of Star Wars fans. I see them referenced all the time online. Um, they have made um, a couple of cameo appearances in like the Clone Wars and the Bad Batch. Um, I know at least Scorch has, I think, um, Seth has as well. So, like, they're technically a part of the new canon, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am interested to read the Republic Commando books because I kind of have to wonder, like, uh, you know, just from playing this game, again, as an adult who missed out on it the first time when it came out, kind of have to wonder, you know, there's so much love for these characters. I kind of have to wonder if a lot of it is based in the books and not just in the game. Sure. Um, I don't know if you have any like insight into that based on anything you've 
heard or anything like that. But it just kind of, it would surprise me if the love for Scorch and Boss and Fixer and all them were like solely based on this five hour game that does not have a lot of story going on. You know what I mean? Well, so, so on one hand, I do agree with you because because I, I have not read the books. And I'm, I'm sure the books are good because I know it, Karen Travis is the one who wrote those, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I've I've heard really good things about her because um, I know I know she did a lot of the Legacy of the Force stuff that a lot of people really enjoyed, um, including from correctly, she's the one who does the book where Jason actually turns. Um, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, but um, you know, I I agree with you on that, but I also kind of disagree with you on the sense of I of I can absolutely understand why people would be like would have such an affinity for these characters just from this game because if they ever named the soldier from the 501st who is narrating the Star Wars Battlefront 2 campaign, mm-hmm. then that would be my, one of my favorite clones of all time. Because mm-hmm. the line, it's a good thing we were wearing we were wearing face masks because none of us could look her in the eye, has stuck with me since I was 11 years old. Yeah. And I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, sure. So, yeah. yeah I, mean, <laughs> I would argue, though, that that line right there... And like the writing of Battlefront 2 in general is like has way more substance to it than like pretty much any of the lines here in Republic Commando. Though <laughs> I mean that's that's you're 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 not wrong, and that's not that's not really I mean it's not really saying a whole lot. But the thing is, is that to me, eleven year old if eleven year old Jacob had played this, the I would have. I would have dove deep into everything about who these characters were. And I would have been like, I would have been like justice for Sev, you know, or something like that <laughs> when I was a kid, which let me tell you, I want that on a shirt now. Justice um, for Sev. Because, because yeah, because that, that, that is the last thing I did want to talk about was the ending of this game <laughs> is really weird. Um, because so so the ending of this after they leave the ship with the Trandoshans they 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 find out that the Trandoshans apparently the entire race of Trandoshans and the Trade Federation are working together, um, and apparently they are hunting the Wookies because of it. Um, so so your job is to go to Kashyyyk and make sure that base and to save Tarful, uh, Chewbacca's. Father? 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 Sure. Sure. I'll check that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. uh, Oh, is it the return of. Of old fact checking boy? It's the return of old fact checking boy. Man. We'll see. We haven't seen him in a while. We'll see. Um, Tarful. Blah, 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 blah. Airplane. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Yes, yes. I don't I I um I don't actually think he's related to Chewbacca. Is he really not? I could have sworn He's his chieftain. He's his chieftain, okay. Right, but no, I don't think he's actually related to Chewbacca. 
Interesting. Okay. Just yeah. related some, somehow. Fact checking boy. Fact checking boy. Um. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad that made it come back. Um, hey everybody. <laughs> but um, but yes, yeah, so your your goal is to rescue him. And one thing I do love about this game and the design choices they made, because let me tell you, there are some weird ones. Um, I don't know why every B1 battle droid has these the white bulbous eyes of. <laughs> of I, I were they trying to do the commando droids from Clone Wars? Like, was it an early design choice? Is that what they were going for? I don't so if, what I'm talking about, right? Yes. If I recall correctly, and the only reason everybody I don't just like know stuff this obscure just off the top of my head. The only reason I know this is because I've researched um the fifth edition um, version of Star Wars uh, that has a lot of really cool stuff on it. Um it's online nice. if you liked Dungeons and Dragons, it's it's like a really cool it's done for Star Wars. Um, but so um, I think technically the dark gray battle droids are the original version of the B1s. I think they're called the B1As versus the tan battle droids, which you see in the films, are uh, the second version, which are called uh, the B1Bs. I might have the t- t- terms on those slightly wrong, but I do think uh, the darker gray ones were the ones that like were the original form of the B ones, which um, it makes sense that they showed up because like um, we're seeing them like early enough in the Clone Wars. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I th- that makes sense. It um... there you go. That everybody is why my wife. <laughs> Fell in love with me. <laughs> <laughs> that right there. That's what was over. Um, <laughs> no, I guess that does make sense. Um, but what, what, what I was going to say, though, is that the the Wookiees are massive. Like, the Wookiees are a force to be reckoned with. And, and I love it. They are these gigantic, just hulking brutes. And, and I love it every time they're on the screen. Um but it does lead to the weirdest cameo in the game because they they clearly wanted to make references to Revenge of the Sith. They wanted this to, for some reason, they wanted this last mission to set up the conflict on Kashyyyk and Revenge of the Sith, which it does, but it does so in the weirdest way possible because halfway through the Kashyyyk level, they say, we need confirmation that General Grievous is on Kashyyyk, which no one had said anything about this up to this point. Um, and so you go to this window and you look out and you see his ship from Revenge of the Sith, the one that Obi-Wan flies away on from Utapau, a Magna Guard, and General Grievous basically doing his best like Slenderman impersonation um, <laughs> because he's just kind of standing there and mm. then he looks at you the Magna Guard jumps in the air, and then, like, the window, like, something crashes in front of the window, so you can't see anymore. It's a really weird cameo, because then, when you get to where the ship is, he is flying away. So, it's it's weird. It's really weird, and it just, and, and I love, 
I, although I do love all pre-2005 Clone Wars stuff because of stuff like that. Because it's like, we've got to make General Grievous this really this really mysterious character, you know, who is not going to be a huge disappointment in the actual movie. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but that's where, that's where we're at. Um, yeah, it, that part of it, like, oh man, it's such a weird decision to just like throw Grievous out there and then just not use him. Yeah. Uh, and- like, um, I especially have flashbacks to, um, to the 2003, three Clone Wars cartoon where like it would have been really cool if like you're going through Kashyyyk and you get to what you think is the end of the level and then General Grievous like shows up and um instead of fighting him the objective is just to like escape him and so it becomes like a pursuit kind of experience instead um that would have been like way more intense and way more memorable of an experience uh, than what we got, which was just kind of like, there's General Grievous. Hope you enjoyed seeing him. Hope you enjoyed him. Because we're not going to see him again. He's running. But, yeah. Uh, and um, <laughs> forgive me, Jacob. It has been um, it's been some time since I've seen Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Sure. Um, I guess uh, specifically Revenge of the Sith. Um, have we ever seen the Hagenagard droids jump 300 feet into the air and do like, <laughs> and do 500 spins yeah. and like land with like a force field that erupts from there? Have we ever seen them do that before? Um, not in, see, that's okay. Once again, that, that's. That's why the, all the Clone War stuff was so weird because you never knew which version of what characters you were going to get because in because the ones that you see here are similar in my opinion to the ones that we get in the Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars which they're not doing the they're not doing the the gigantic jumps and all the spins and everything as much but at the very least they're formidable as opposed to the ones that you see in the movie, which are, you know, basically just paper mache compared to Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker, which sure. once again, I understand that I'm making that statement by finishing it with versus Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. Sure. I am fully aware of, of what's going on there, but at the same time, when, when the Magna Guard shows up, which I actually do like that first fight, um, mm-hmm. I like I like the first fight a lot better than I do whenever they just show up as you're trying to just run through the damn uh, mm-hmm. ship at the end. It's um, very cool. I think those are my f- favorite enemy type, honestly. Yeah, they're they they're they're really interesting um, because because you do have to figure out because um, because once again you do have to figure out how what's the best way to take them down and focus firing is the best way, but also. A good EMP grenade helps works wonders, but oh. it, but it's always going to hit Sev too because he's going <laughs> next to them. Um, you know, e- EMP grenades just—I mean—they break that game wide open. They do. As, they- so, as soon as I f- figured out how to switch grenade types on a PlayStation Five controller, I was <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, this game is so easy now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I had known. Yeah, it just yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I didn't. I, I, I like the inclusion of the Magna Guards. I, I thought they were a good little kind of like mini boss kind of addition to it. Between them and the Spider Droids, I thought that I thought they worked out pretty well. Um, yeah, very cool, very cool, yeah. man. I mean, dude, if uh, the Separatists had just like <laughs> taken all the credits they spent on like the basic battle droids and just funneled all of that into building like. 10,000 Magna Guards, <laughs> especially if they could do that, if they were like Republic Commando Magna Guards, like they would have won the war in like six months. <laughs> it would have been over. <laughs> I think that maybe like the two that are with your, that like the two or three or, or however many show up in the game um, that are with Grievous during that time are like the first batch. And like the ones that you see in uh in the movie or like the ones that's just like yeah we we kind of rushed these out we didn't really get you know everything we didn't include everything with the second order um yeah we had a um conray spent a lot of credits on like a new on like a, on like a new adult cruiser so we kind of had a yeah. scale the magna guards back a little bit we, we, had, to, we had to kind of work around that i yeah. i hope that's not a problem um, we, but we, it's, we could not afford to infuse their circuitry with PCP as we did <laughs> with the original Magna cards. Oh goodness. <clears throat> um. Yeah, and then, dude, the game just ends like which in, in a really cool like way where you're fending, you're fighting off this this separatist cruiser. And and you all split up to take different to basically do pearl to basically do like a uh, um, like the scene of Pearl Harbor where they're all, where they all are at different guns and they're shooting down the, the other ships and everything. Um, and so it was kind of so that that part was kind of cool, but it then it just kind of ends and Sev just dies. We uh, think. Or, or or does he? Yeah, we presume. Yeah, because because we we know that he is getting surrounded, and then for some reason they're just like they they all do the Palpatine leave him or we'll never make it, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, and then the game just kind of ends with Yoda basically being like Delta Squad was the was the first of an invasion force, and then yeah. So what, what were kind of your thoughts on the ending of Sal? <laughs> and you're just like, what the hell are you talking about, Yoda? Exactly. <laughs> what the hell have you guys been doing? We're two years into the war. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, man. So, so first off, I do have to give credit where credit is due. As much uh, as underwhelmed as I kind of am uh, with the story in this game in general, I do appreciate that the structure of it um, was kind of um, a palindrome, if you will, because the game begins and you're slowly collecting and assembling your squad. And then as the game ends, you're kind of like um, separating from mm -hmm. them and sending them to their respective um, assignments um, and positions. And so I thought that was really cool. That was really well done. Um, it could have probably carried a bit more weight if the game had been longer than four hours, but um, it was still um, a very cool thing to do it that way. Um, yeah, that being said, you know, um, 
I do know that this game, just like so many other games by LucasArts, uh, this game was supposed to have a follow-up. Um, this game was supposed to have a sequel. Uh, the sequel was planned. It was written. I think they were like in the early stages of development of Republic Commando 2, or I think possibly it was going to be called Imperial Commando. I forget which one. Um, I know at least the last of the books is called Imperial Commando. But um, so it was supposed to get a sequel, um, just like uh, the Bounty Hunter game uh, that we've also covered and talked about. Um, just like that game was supposed to have a sequel as well. So with that in mind, I can't fault them too much for having an ending that just kind of happens. It feels like it doesn't really resolve things. But um, that being said, um, it was, yeah, it was just kind of weird. The loss of one of your squad mates felt very random. Um, it was one of those things that I think would have carried a lot more gravitas to it if um, if it had happened on screen. If you yeah. guys were, like, trying to escape um a chic and in like one last stand in defense sev like gets hit and like opts to stay behind so the rest of you can escape i think that would have carried a lot more weight to the game um but instead you know uh we see this in, in tv and film all the time and i think it's a principle that um stays consistent with games as well is that when you're trying to tell a story and you're trying to convey loss it's so much harder to convey that gravity and really even to like convince your audience of that loss if we don't get to see it happen, if we don't get to participate um, in that um, experience. If we're just kind of told, like, oh, yeah, Sev, he's out, man. He's, That's he's it. Gone. Yeah. I need you to, to not question the thing. At one point, just after that happens, you get the feeling that, like, Boss is about to question it and is about to go rogue and is just like, no, I'm going to go get Sev back. Because, like, you regain control of him there at the end and you're just like, oh, snap, he's going to go. Like, okay, cool, let's do it. Um, and then he's just kind of like, no, let's just follow orders. And I'm just kind of like, oh, well, that's not. That's boring. That's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not fun at all. Get a choice at least of like. So, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can I like decide? Like, can't like I choose one path and the either path will have like a d different like hiding sequence to close it out. Like, it give the game like replay value that way. But like, yeah, yeah, it just kind of, it fell very flat. And even with the context in mind that it was supposed to get a follow-up, the story was supposed to be continued. Um, yeah, just the way they decided to sell the ending just um, didn't feel good. It felt like um, you're just kind of towed something that you have to run with instead of really kind of having any participation in the story. Sure. Yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree. I um, yeah, I I feel bad, but I I, I don't know when I would play this game again because you you one of the things you were talking about, you know, when we were first talk, were first kind of messaging about this 
was I don't know I don't know how much replay value this game is going to have. And and I think beyond nostalgia, I'm not sure how much it would have anyway. And so I don't know. Um Yeah. I mean that's a one thing, like when you go to compare this game to other games in that category, um, even if you're just comparing it to like other early or not early, I guess, I guess actually eight um LucasArts um games, then like, you know, um no games back then weren't like some super long epics that like you invest hours and hours and hours into as it was like i'm a jrpg or something like that but like the value of games back then was in like um completionism and and replayability and stuff like that so like when you compare it to like you know uh battlefront 2 where like yeah you can play through the campaign and even if you're done with the campaign there's like a lactic conquests that you can play through and the different like challenges with like uh, the different classes of soldiers you can do and there was the heroes versus villains uh version of the game that you could play or like if you compare it like to bounty hunter like yeah you play through it once but then at least with bounty hunter um you had the option to go back and collect all of the extra bounties and all of the maps and stuff like that so, like, you know, with this game, like, inherently there's just not a lot to go back to, I feel like. There's the d- different levels of d- difficulty uh, that you can play through. But, like, you know, the th- <laughs> the general challenge of the game is already up there. And, like, I'm <laughs> going into a harder d- difficulty of it already uh, with the knowledge of, like, the challenges uh, that the game has then, like, that doesn't really sound fun. Mm. Um, There's only, like, I think in total, there's only, like, five or six types of guns you can even use, and that's including the different attachments you can use on, like, on, like, your basic gun. So, like, it isn't as if you can go back into it and just be like, you know, I want to play through Kashyyyk with, like, this style of armory instead of this one. Like, that isn't really an option. Um, there's a multiplayer mode, which I've heard is just kind of okay. Um, multiplayer mode, I feel like in this kind of game, kind of goes against the central idea <laughs> of what the game is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I don't know. If you compare it to those kinds of games, you know, there's not a whole lot to offer to really revisit this game. Other than, of course, you know, it being a game you grew up with or it, it being like uh, the go-to game for a while as a kid because that's just um the game you have so like you're gonna hate the hell out of it but yeah i mean everybody if i'm wrong if there's like some hidden gem that like keeps you c- coming back to republic commando i love to hear about it but like for me i think this game will probably just be like a a one playthrough and done yeah, I, I mean, that's that was kind of my thing, is I'm like, I don't really know when I would replay this again. Um, but that does lead me to the final question of this part of the segment. Um, or the final two questions, I suppose. Of course. It's one. Um, I know it may not have much replay value, but is it worth playing once, at least? Is it part of your grand canon now? 
Um, so I think the question that comes up, especially with Okan and stuff, is just, you know, are there inconsistencies there that kind of like prevent you from including other stuff? Mm. Um, I don't really think there is with this one, as far as I know. I'm not super well versed in like the specific intricacies of like the specific fights and battles of the Clone Wars. But like I think it's fine. I think um I mean the characters like are already a part of the new canon based on the cameos in the cartoons. Um so like I think it's fine. Um I would accept it into my grand canon just because, you know, I've it doesn't hurt anything else to, to, to do so. It doesn't prevent me from embracing anything else. Um, I would say that as far as, you know, is it worth playing today in in 2023, the year of our Lord? Um, I think if you're a really big Star Wars fan, um, and if you're a really big fan or kind of like even just kind of a historian about video games, from that era. Um, I do think it's worth playing. Um, just to play through once, just to see the Star Wars stuff going on, just to enjoy that part of history. I think it's worth it. If you're just kind of a casual Star Wars fan, if you don't care about like um, the details or the intricacies or the history of like old canon lore or anything like that, then like uh, this is one you can like skip. Like you can go play Halo um, and get or like Paddlefront 2 and have like a way more enjoyable experience, um, in my opinion. But um, again, that is coming from someone who did not grow up with this game. So I always want to remind everyone of the context there. But that's kind of where I'm at. I'm at on it. Yeah, I um, I feel boring talking after you because I literally disagree with you on everything about this game. Um, mm, because... Well. Yeah. Um, we should go back and revisit Attack of the Clones sometime. <laughs> we should, yes. We, we can argue that that point um, to the cow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that film sucks. Anyway. Film doesn't... Okay. Anyways. Um, we'll, we'll do that th- for the 30th anniversary, Al. <laughs> nine, nine years you had to repair oh. your arguments. Um, Boy, the years start coming and they do not stop coming. <laughs> Oh man. Um so so I do I would hundred percent agree with you about the my my thinking with any time I view anything old canon is does it affect what I currently love about anything from the new canon? And with this, like you said, it it doesn't. It's just you know, it's just there. And it, it's it's a it's kind of an offbeat story. Um and just kind of a quick one and done. And, and yeah, I would, if someone was like, Hey, what's a good shooter set in the star Wars universe? I'd be like, well, let, let me tell you, are you ready to mess around with your, with your control settings? Then you should play Jedi Knight. Um, but if you're, but if you're ready to just jump to just one right from the get go, Republic commando is, is, is pretty, it's pretty good. It's, it's, it's got some fun moments. Um, that's but uh, but yeah, that's that's the way. I mean, that's that's what I would suggest. Now it's, I mean, storyline wise, you know, like like you said, yeah. I mean, sure, it's part of my grand canon because it doesn't really, it doesn't really affect anything except for apparently General Grievous is a ghost at one point. 
Um, <laughs> spooky. But, you know, spooky, yeah. I would believe that. <laughs> yeah, I would. It's just one of those things out there enough, and I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, sure, General Grievous is a ghost. <laughs> um, so leading on to our our main, our secondary main question, um, what was your hypest moment in this game? Uh, oh boy, yeah. So, um, so my hypest moment in this game. Um, was probably the sequence I thought of where General Grievous is chasing you through the <laughs> through the hallways. <laughs> uh, but um, that was cool. So um, I do have one. It's very simple. It's a very me thing to really appreciate about a game and get hyped about. But um, I have a general rule uh, when I play games, specifically when I play first-person shooters, where if you're going to design an FPS you need to design a really good shotgun in your game. Um, I don't know what it is about it, but just a good shotgun will like make or break um, an FPS in my opinion. Um, a lot of my favorite FPSs, like, you know, the new, the new Doom games, um, the Halo shotgun, um, all of these sci-fi shooters have just solid shotguns that um, you can feel the impact. Um, it's, it's very effective in the game. It's just good stuff. So I was kind of disappointed when I went through the Battle of Geonosis and there was no shotgun available or shotgun attachment on my gun. And I was just kind of like, ah, oh, well, that sucks. I was hoping there'd be a good shotgun in this game. But lo and behold, when we get to the uh, Republic Star Cruiser um, and we go into that area and we find the first trend oceans, um, you start hearing about like, hey, they've got shotguns. They've got these like old ass guns that like uh, propel the ammo within them. Um, as if it's like an old like slug thrower and like we're gonna use these here you go and i picked it up and i was just like okay cool cool let's see and i go to the next room i get attacked by trendotions i pop one in the face and i was just like oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that feels good <laughs> that thank god it was so it was so good for me it was so clearly the highlight of the gameplay in this game that in um in the next part of the game the next stage um i went for a while without finding a shotgun and i was just like oh no they took it away from me <laughs> <laughs> why would they do this <laughs> so um that was like really really cool there was one sequence in particular where um, one of the really big Trendotion guys uh, with like the Gatling guns, uh, he showed up. I had my squad focus fire on him and I focused on taking out like the smaller guys. And eventually I like flanked and went around him and just like came up to him. He had already killed my squad, like it was over. So <laughs> I just like ran up to him and they had done just enough um, damage on the big guy that like I just unloaded just like one shot into his back and he fell and i was just like ah it's so satisfying 
Just like, ah, uh, just so good. Everybody out there, if you develop games, if if you make an FPS, you have to have a good shotgun in it. It just it just hits you. It's so good. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's uh that's definitely a good pick because I, I'm I'm gonna level with you. I don't think I changed guns after I got the slug thrower in the second level. Um yeah, I think I pretty much stayed with that. The end. I think I think I tried the SMG at once, just because you were getting and there was a point where you were getting more ammo for that than anything else. And then I was yeah. like, no, I'll I'll save it. I will figure something out. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Um. So I, I have I have a hypest moment, but then I also have a a funniest moment because I had no idea what was happening. Oh boy. Um, yeah. We'll we'll do the funniest one first. So some of the Trandoshans have some kind of like jetpack or something on the back of them, and yeah, yeah. and if you shoot it, they go flying. Okay. Well, I didn't really make the connection of that's what was happening. So there is a point where, it, where so it, it automatically happens sometimes after you take one out that way, where Fixer literally just goes. Wee, and I didn't know why he was doing that, and so there was a point where I literally thought I was like, "Fixer has lost his mind. The Clone Wars have broken him. They got he, to Fixer. <laughs> exactly, they got to Fixer. They got to him. Uh, just, the horrors. <laughs> the horrors just making him just go wee. Just which, let me tell you." I, if that's where this story had gone in 2005, that would have been the weirdest and funniest thing. Like, oh man. Anyways, um, that's, that's my funniest one. Um, my hypest one though. Um, because in, in a game like this, kind of, kind of like how you were saying of just like, you know, the shotgun was really satisfying to you, and there was a really cool moment where you were basically the sole survivor of your squad, and you went to go save everybody. Um, there were a, a game like this is really you're getting the most out of it when you are really trying to enjoy the game yourself, you know. And you, and it's within. It's not necessarily that like the cutscenes are going to really blow you away or anything like that. It's, it's the moments that are happening within the gameplay, and there is a small part. In the Geonosis level, very, you know, not very early on. It's towards the end of the Geonosis level. Um, but there's a small part where I realized if I never see another Geonosian again, it'll be too soon. Um, I was <laughs> I was close to becoming Saw Gerrera in the, in the Rebels cartoon. Um, <laughs> little, a little callback for some people there. Um, because the Geonosian... I don't know if they're called commandos themselves or leaders or whatever. They have this, this ray that drains your drains, your shields and your health at the same time. So if you are standing in it for like three seconds, especially if you're on a higher difficulty, you were just done. And of course, because Scorch and Sev are basically the guys who look directly at an eclipse without without proper uh, without proper um, uh, glasses, you know they just stand right under it and just start shooting up at him, and are just like hope he doesn't get me. Like ants just looking at a magnifying glass. Um, 
<laughs> and so there was a point where both of them went down and Fixer went down and I had to take out three of those guys. And then the moment that I got all of them up before I was able to have them go to the, uh, to the back to tanks, I literally turned to the right and there's a spider droid. And it, it felt like the first trailer for the first gears of war where just all were like three corpses just come out of the ground and Marcus just like reloads his gun. He's just like, let's go. Like, that's kind of what it felt like. It was just like, of course, why not? Like I, I just had to, I just had to bust my ass to kill three of these stupid Genosian commandos. And then a spider droid just walks out of nowhere right after I get everybody else up. Just let's do this. Let's go. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, that was that was my hype. That, that was the moment that I felt like I, I was. That was the moment where I felt most like I am a commando and no one else can get this job done. Like that was that was the moment for me, including so, the other commandos, <laughs> including the other yeah exactly, including the other commandos yeah. at that point. Um, yeah, there was uh, there was way more than one occasion where um, I would be like uh, playing the game, and as we said, it's a challenging game. It's got like a fair. Um, I think a very fair amount um, uh, of challenge to it um, outside of like, you know, the AI not being as effective as um, you may expect it to be here in the prison year. But um, uh, to that point, there was more than once when I was like trying to hit my guy down in good position and I got my hyper rifle attachment out. And I zoomed in, and there was, like, a super battle droid. And I was just like, okay, cool. We killed a bunch of, like, the Hitler guys. Like, it's time to take out the big boy. And I I line up my shot, and I hit the trigger, and Scorch runs right in front of me and gets shot in the head, and he is down. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, friendly fire is on. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> out immediately. Just goes immediately down. And then I try to like reline my shot and like here comes Hixer with a heart of gold trying to revive Scorch and I almost shoot him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh boy, all right. (laughs) This is what we're doing. (laughs) But um All right, let's let's get him up, guys. Let's let's do this. (laughs) But uh, um for but it's worth, um, I do want to say, because I know how it feels to have games that like you really enjoy, and there's supposed to be a sequel that comes out for it, and then like the plans for that sequel just like drop dead. Um, I get how that feels, that sucks. Um, so I do want to specify, like, if, um, if Star Wars wants to do a thing where, like, they remake this game or they do or they go ahead and do a, a follow-up game either with the original cast or if they do like a, a bad batch game uh, that follows the same basic idea i'm like i'm all for that i think that'd be great i'm always i'm always an advocate for like a cool thing th- that people are going to, to enjoy like it's that exist yeah. So like, um, I don't want anyone to think, even though I've talked a lot of crap on this game, I don't want anyone to think that like I hate it and like I'm glad it's it's in the past where it belongs or anything like that. Like, 
I like hope it gets a remake. I hope it gets like um, a follow up because I know it would make a lot of people happy. And I think the concept is really cool. And I think with like the things we can do with games and with AI now, like I think it has a lot of potential to be really, really good. So like, um, yeah, I'd be completely down for that to happen. If, if I could say anything about because the because the entire time that I was playing it, I was like, this would be great. Well, like, like I already said at the beginning of this of this podcast, this would be great if it came out today, and if it had, and if it was like, I'd say maybe five hours longer. <laughs> um, yeah. And the reason, and and what I would do if if they came to me and they were and they were like Jacob. We want to do a new Star Wars game. Well, what are your ideas? Um, one of the I don't know why they sound like that, by the way, but one, yeah. one of the ideas <laughs> is I would just release a game. <laughs> well, I don't know, Fred Astaire, who works for Star Wars. <laughs> what do you think we should do? <laughs> uh, what, what I would do is I would just release a game it's called Star Wars Commando, and which would, which I'm realizing now, would get way too many jokes online. But whatever, <laughs> Star uh, Wars going Commando, <laughs> going Commando, yeah. Uh, but uh, and and you would play through the updated version of Republic Commando, and probably I I would toss kind of like you said, I would toss on like maybe like a My Guido level, um, mm-hmm. maybe do. I mean, there's so many things to choose from from the. Clone Wars cartoons you could do um, every you could do the entire Christophsis saga. I think that'd be really interesting. Yeah. Um, have the like yeah, Mephalusha, that'd be really cool. All of a sudden, Acolyte like comes out and just eats you. Um, all all of this would work, and uh, so I would do that. And then halfway through the game, Order sixty six happens, and that's your turning point. And uh, you could even do you could even do the Call of Duty, the Modern Warfare Two, no Russian thing. Where do you want to skip the temple level? You know, you, you if you want to, I, 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 don't, I don't know. If they would do that like, today, but press, press X to shoot youngling. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know exactly how they would go about that part, because um, technically the commandos aren't part of the five hundred first, but you know. Um, I guess technically they would be on Kashyyyk, so so uh, I don't know. I guess you you'd be trying to hunt down Yoda and Tarful at that point, but um, oh, how the turntables! Yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, that's that's what I would do personally going forward. But um, but yeah, Al, we have talked we have talked more about this game than I anticipated, um, as as we normally do, as we typically do. <laughs> I've been trying. <laughs> you, you've you've we, you've done well. Um, we we did ask for some other suggestions of questions and different things like that um, to yeah. kind of, to kind of assist this uh, episode. Um, one of them was, and, and I'll go ahead and mention this because um, it, it it does suck, but it's in my opinion is necessary. Um, it does suck. What did you say? It does suck. It does suck. It's understandable. Um, But it is understandable. Um, Someone asked our thoughts on the latest show from Disney Plus, Ahsoka. 
And what has been what has been said from the SAG-AFTRA and WTA strikes that are currently going on here in North America? Um, one of the things that has been said is that for content creators, even if you were not affiliated with SAG-AFTRA, if you wanted to show solidarity, um, don't promote current or upcoming materials unless you already had a contract to work with someone. Um, we are a small operation here. We are a small podcast. Um, we we will most likely get under 100 views on this podcast, and I'm okay with that. We, um, we do this for fun. Like, yeah. I can't stress that enough. We do this because we enjoy it. Would, one day, would I love to for this to be my main job? Absolutely, I would. But as of right now, this is just things we enjoy doing and things we enjoy putting out into the world um, and things that we, we enjoy sharing with our friends. And so... You know, this I don't think that we are going to be the 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 stone rolling down the mountain that that breaks uh, Disney and CBS and ABC and NBC and all the other all the other people that are refusing to work with the writers and the actors um, currently. But at the same time, if if any little bit of solidarity can uh, can work to help the situation, then. We're we're gonna do we're gonna do what's right, or we're going to attempt to do what's right. And so, until these strikes are over, we will not be talking about Ahsoka. Uh, we will not be talking about Andor season two or the Marvels or anything else that's coming out from Disney Plus right now. Um, Loki season two may kill us because we can't talk about that. But um, <laughs> you know, we we going forward, we we want to show our solidarity. We want to show that we are supporting people who are just trying to fight for living wages for the careers that they have chosen and the things that they love doing. Um, someone who is writing for a multi-million dollar company should not have to worry about making a rent payment. They just shouldn't. Um, and I know that some people would disagree with me on that. And I will gladly argue that point at any point in time that you want. Um, <laughs> If you, if you, I don't know, man, if you disagree with that concept, I don't, I don't really know what else I could talk to you about. I mean, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Our motto is fandom is for everyone. Why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you ever enjoyed a story that was told? Like you should probably want storytellers to live. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> um, but but no but so so although we cannot talk about Ahsoka, um, we did get some other questions that uh, one that I did want to address because it was actually brought up on the stream a couple of oh. weeks ago. Um, okay, I believe during the Devil May Cry streams. Oh, um, hey, and Al, you you mentioned Star Wars Five E. And so may and and I know that people who were asking about this originally uh, were bringing up an older Star Wars role playing game where this was a rule. So once again, bringing him up again, our good friend Nathan Lewis nice. asked. Yes, Nathan's a Nathan's a very good person, and uh, he decided to, he decided to help us out. He asked, "Does losing a limb decrease one's connection to the Force?" Now. What I had heard about that, my 
And my my immediate thought process is no. Um, because of people like Skier and the higher public who um, loses one of his limbs and that's slowly growing back. Um, but he is because he's a Trandoshan. Um, but he is still able to use the force. Um, also, Vader loses all four of his limbs by the time he's put into the suit and he can still force choke people with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And um, he, can you know, afford, he can force choke people who like aren't even in the same room as him. Like, that, that's true. Exactly. <laughs> um, so my initial, so my initial answer is no, it does not decrease. However, Lord help me. If the entire connection of the force is through midichlorians and if midichlorians are within your body and you lose a part of your body, then do you also lose that connection to the force? I suppose technically that could be an answer, but Al, I'm deferring more so to you on this one because you said you had read the 5e and I didn't know if they had kept that in there or if that was anything that you had read where if you lose a limb and get a prosthetic, um, you lose a connection to the force because of it. Um, and I have heard some people make the statement that it's less about losing the limb and more about replacing it with, um, mechanical parts that disrupts your connection to the force. What are your thoughts on it though? Yeah. So, um, so, this is kind of a question that goes back a while. Um, I know one of the um, questions that would often come up when I was in college um, and people were talking about Star Wars stuff was um, the theory. I think it was confirmed in old canon. I don't know if it's been touched at all in new canon, but um, the idea that um, the reason why Vader can't um, use force lightning as a Sith is because of his suit is because of like his cybernetics and stuff. Mm. Um, I know we haven't seen him use horse lightning and anything in like the new canon. I don't know if like that specific reason has been addressed um, or not. I know you're um, a lot more hot up, at least on the comics than I am. Um, but so, yeah, this is a question that's been tossed around a lot. Um, I know I've heard it before. Um, as far as the star Wars, fifth edition um system which is a handmade thing um it isn't an initially licensed game or anything it's um it's just like i'm a group effort online um, that people did to like adapt fifth edition rules um, for star wars stuff um it's really cool um so i haven't seen anything that speaks to that in terms of um, uh, having a limb or not having a limb or having a replacement limb or what it might be. Um, On the surface, um, as you said, it strikes me as kind of counterintuitive as far as what we've seen, because I mean, you go through like the most, (laughs) a lot of the most, powerful force users we've seen have lost limbs and like have experienced their prime after they lost a limb. Sure. I, mean, An- I mean, Anakin, he lost um, a hand before he was even in the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, Luke Skywalker um, continues to grow stronger and stronger after having 
lost his hand. Um, um, Skier, as you said. Um, Arth Maul lost half his body <laughs> and then continued to grind and, yep. get, <laughs> and, get, and get increasingly powerful. So, like, we don't really see that come up. As far as the Edichlorians thing, I mean, it depends on what you want to, like, say about the Edichlorians. Um, there's arguments that, like, an M count is, like, a literal a literal quantification of the force. Um, that's kind of the implication we see whenever it's brought up. I don't really like that version of it. Um, if anything, I like the interpretation of the Corians that the Darth Plagueis book has, where Plagueis kind of describes them as not so much a higher count as it is that um, the Edochlorians are a lot more active or a lot more alive in some people who have sensitivity to the force as opposed to people who do not. Um, I like that explanation a lot more. Um, and even if you go with like a physiological idea, I mean, people who lose limbs, like, no, they don't have like blood in that limb anymore, obviously, but like the production of blood doesn't really decrease in that way like it isn't as if like you always have eight pints of blood in your body and like uh be cut off your hand and now you'll only ever have exactly like seven point five pints of blood in your body that's not really how the body works um especially if you get into the idea if you compare endochlorians to things like cells within your body um then you know cells are constantly kind of copying themselves and um and reproducing themselves so there's no reason to think that the edochlorians don't act like that so yeah and i would also kind of opt for the answer that like isn't as ableist in saying that like oh if you don't have all your limbs then like then like the force doesn't like you as much that's kind of that's kind of a a rough position to take <laughs> about things, um, but um, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you take someone like here's a thought: you take someone like um, Grogu or Aster Yoda, who is very strong in the Force, uh, presumably, um, even as we've seen in various stories it said that their m count is extremely high i mean th i mean their bodies are very small like the surface area of like their mass isn't a like limiting factor in how many edithorians they have or how close with the force they are so yeah i kind of argue all of those things so so yeah so i mean two two things was one i mean just i i i completely agree with you about the ableism part because I, i'm like well that's kind of the worst because one of my favorite um somewhat one of my, uh, i mean one of my favorite videos i'd ever seen on tiktok and, and I, I i don't remember this guy like i've got it saved somewhere on there but god knows where that's at in the ether um but one of the things that he 
that uh, that the video was is that he would be like he was pretending that he was one of the Jedi during Order sixty six and uh, at the temple, and his entire life, um, he had something that made his uh, that made his hands shake, and he had str- he had struggled with being able to hold a lightsaber, and so he. Uh, how did how did he say it? Um, because it was it was just it was just a story, like it wasn't him like actually doing it. Um, but he was like he held one lightsaber perfectly still in one hand, while he had two others from fallen comrades floating beside him. And I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. And you know, like stuff like someone like that, like if I actually saw like a flashback of someone like that was like, that'd be so cool to see in like star Wars visions or someone like that. Um, you know, and, and so, so I, I 100% agree with, agree with that, but I gotta be honest. Um, I set you up and you didn't, and you didn't disappoint. Um, because although Nathan did ask this question, um, he did not mention midichlorians at all. I wanted to make sure I included that in there so that way you could say midichlorians while also trying to not uh, throw up your dinner um, <laughs> because it was I, – I, I could I could feel the, the devastation in your voice when you had to say those words. Um, it was <laughs> – it was it was it was pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. It was uh, it was the most Sith thing I've ever done. I'm gonna level with you on that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Mm. But um, but yeah. But anyways, um, Al, any 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 closing thoughts? And and do you also want to talk? I mean, Al, I just realized this, man. We are what twelve days away. From a very, very important time of the of the year for you. Oh yes. What have what have we got coming up, Al? Uh, well, I have my parole hearing in October. No, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, um, yeah. So, um, everybody who doesn't know, um, every October, um, me and my fellow fandom correspondent, um, Josh the Wise Sage. Uh, we do our annual show, uh, Phantom Horror Fest, where we discuss um, horror films, me from the perspective of somebody who loves horror films, even the bad ones. Um, shout outs to Hatchet. And um, from Josh's perspective, as someone who's um, a little bit more skeptical of the genre, there are ones he likes and ones he does not like. Um, shout out to Hatchet. But um, but yeah, um, we have um, a whole list of episodes we're doing this year. Um, I believe we'll have some um, some guests on those episodes um, this time around uh, for Horror Fest. So um, yeah, um, I won't spoil all the episodes, but I'll just say that uh, we are kicking things off with a really really fun uh, discussion of the original Lamedeville horror from 1979 that's going to kind of spearhead us into the horror fest uh um, in october and we're doing a whole bunch of episodes after that as well so um yeah have your eyes and ears open for that because that's always um, a really fun time yeah um i i know that i'm obviously biased because they are my brother and uh one and and my non-biological brother um 
doing this, but Horror Fest is legitimately one of something I look forward to every year because Josh and Al never disappoint. They always they always give 110% on their podcast and they deliver legitimately some of the better discussions that we have on here. Um, so so yes, me personally as the EIC, I would like to invite you all to check out some of their episodes this year. Um, I have not listened to the Amityville Horror Podcast yet. They have recorded it, but I have not listened to it yet. Um, but I am—I uh, I like to watch the movies before I listen. And Al, I have never seen the original Amityville Horror, so I am—I will be watching that soon to uh, also get myself ready for the spooky era of the of the year as well. So yeah. yeah. Well, I envy you. It is a—it is a um, a near religious experience to watch Amityville. Oh, for the first time. So it's oh goodness. It's good stuff, man. All right. Well, stuff. well, I might I might have to also make my own little mini video then of it being my first time. <laughs> you always remember your first time in Amityville. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, everybody, as I said, this episode is really, really a lot of fun. Um, if you like hearing us talk about priests and guys who sh- sh- show up at your door for no reason at all, then you're gonna then you're gonna love this episode of Amityville. So, so hope you enjoy it. Hell yeah! All right. Well, Al, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, also, we have our first EU or EU um, horror next month. Oh yes, we do. Wait, the trains, the train don't stop. Yeah, the train does not stop. Yes, the train no, don't we, stop, baby. Just because it's horror fest doesn't mean we're, doesn't mean we left. Uh, I don't know what we're gonna do in three years, but I know that this year and next year we've got one ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we are gonna be covering Star Wars Death Death Troopers. Um, and uh, yeah, I I know nothing about this story, and I'm going in completely blind. But I know that if you all want to follow us up on this and you want to read along with us, you can check out Star Wars Death Troopers by Joe something that starts with an S. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and that's the that's the informative nature you get here from that's the fan the, correspondence. That's the most glowing recommendation that authors ever had. <laughs> I hope one day someone's talking about my book. And for for better or worse, like good or bad, and they're like Jacob something something that starts with an H. Something that's, with an H. That's my hope. That's my sincere hope. <laughs> but um, but yes, once again, thank you all so much for hanging out with us. I hope you all have a wonderful wonderful evening, and I hope that you always remember that fandom is for everyone. We'll see you all next time. Stay safe. <laughs>